get your head in the game. And welcome everyone to Ball Up Top, episode five. I know it's been a while, you know, life things, they happen. But uh, so many things have happened in the last 24 to 48 hours in the NBA. I kind of felt the need to drop a little something here. Quick rundown. First team was Steph, Luka, Giannis, Kawhi, and Joker. Second team was Dame, CP3, Randall, LeBron, and Joel Embiid. Third team was Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, and Rudy Gobert. There are certain players I don't feel like should have made it. Anyone's listened to the show before, um, I'm big on people not missing games. And when you miss a lot of games, you don't deserve awards. I'm sorry. I don't care what the record was while you played. The season is 72 games long. And I get everybody's going to miss games. I mean, I think Joker was the only one who didn't miss any games. So everyone's going to miss games. I'm not judging you for missing games. I'm judging for missing large amounts of games. So for me, I kind of put in my, I guess, arbitrary line of a 75%. If you didn't play in 75% of the games, you don't deserve to be on that season's All-NBA team. That doesn't mean you're not the best player. That doesn't mean you're not better than the guys that make it. But this award is about what you do during the season. So on the first team, that would have eliminated Kawhi for me. So, like he played in 72% of the games. He missed 20 games on a 72 game season. Do I think that Kawhi's a monster? Yeah, of course I do. But this is a season award for what you did in the season. And if you're sitting down, you're not doing anything. Second team, Joel Embiid would be out. And I know he was an MVP candidate. But I also made mention many a times he was he was my favorite candidate until he started missing games. Same thing. LeBron is out. And I know the LeBron fans are going to hammer me talking about I don't know what I'm talking about. Look, LeBron missed 27 games. He played in 63% of the games this season. And when you look at some of these other guys, these other really good players... No, they might not be better than LeBron, but they contributed more to the season than he did. On the third team, Jimmy Butler was eliminated. He played in 72%, three forwards and a center that I don't feel like should have been on the All-NBA teams. Now, if you're picking the best players, yes, they're on that list. But this is an award for the, for the people who played the best over the course of the season, not over a third of the season or half of the season, but the whole season. And then you look at things like Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum was a baller this year. And I'm not going to say whether he, you know, whether he should have made it or not like that. You know, I'm sure Tatum fans will rally saying he should. And I'm sure Celtic haters will say he shouldn't have. If Jason Tatum would have made one of those three All-NBA teams, his next contract, he could have got anywhere from 25 to $33 million more. And he did play good enough to be on one of those three teams. Now, I read an internet article that tried to blame the NBA because they had Paul George listed as a forward. No, that's not the reason. The reason is 
Jimmy Butler, LeBron James, and Kawhi Leonard, these guys who missed large amounts of games, well, still were, were still rewarded. 75% is not a lot. That leaves a large margin for error. 75% means they could have missed 18 games. That's enough load management. That's enough to cover injuries. But you get injured too much, and you, you shouldn't be there. Like, I went through and started making a list of players who had worthy seasons who should have gotten consideration. Clint Capella led the league in rebounding, scored average 15 points a game, played 88% of his games. Jason Tatum, 89% of his games. His team did make the playoffs. He did it without Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's on my list too. Even though he finished the season on the injured list, he played 81% of his games. Bam out of Bayou. Bam played in 89% of his games. It was, like he should have finished ahead of Joel Embiid. Playing is more important than not playing. I there's I can go on. Like guys like Zion. Zion Williams played 85% of his games, and his numbers were comparable to historical Hall of Fame guys to start their career. Brandon Ingram, 85% of his games, almost 24 points a game. The point being is that the media voting on these awards, there's got to be a criteria that lets them not just vote for whoever they want. If you're not playing, you don't deserve to be in these conversations. If we're not going to have a criteria, then like, you know, like, Let's just put Michael Jordan on these teams, too. Yeah, I know he didn't play a game, but does it matter? Like, that's how ridiculous giving guys awards who didn't put in the time. As for who deserved to be there or not, I think all the guys are talented enough to be there. I just think that you just have to draw a line somewhere. And so we talked about attendance, basically, in the NBA. And today, LeBron James came out, and he, very poignant, came out on Twitter ridiculing the NBA because of all the injuries in the playoffs. And he has a point. So he said, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read this real quick. They all didn't want to listen to me about the start of the season. I knew exactly what would happen. I only wanted to protect the well-being of the players, which ultimately is the product and benefit of our game. These injuries isn't just part of the game. It's the lack of pure rim rest. Rest before starting back up. Eight, possibly nine All-Stars has missed the playoffs, the most in league history. This is the best time of the year for our league and fans, but missing a ton of our favorite players, it's insane. If there's one person that knows about the body and how it works all year round, it's me. I speak for the health of our players, and I hate to see this many injuries this time of year. Sorry, fans. Wish sorry, fans. Wish you guys were seeing all your favorite guys right now. And I know all about the business side too, factors. So don't even try me. I get it. He does have a valid point. 
in that there's a lot of injuries to a lot of high-level players. But here's the things I question. So the NBA is, was trying to get this season done so that next season would be normal. And the only way you do that is by crunching in games. And the reason they played 72 games was that's how they were going to get the most to be able to get the, the full amount of their television contract. And with no fans coming in the arena, they needed that money to pay the players. If they played less games than that, then they would get prorated amounts of the TV contract. So that's why 72 games was so important. That's why the start of Christmas was important. That's why the season ending when it's going to end this year is so important so they can get to next year's season. And for a guy like LeBron, oh yeah, he can take less money and it's fine. But we for one of these guys on the lower end of the contract spectrum, you can't just take that much less money. It might be, this might be your one year in the league and it's supposed to help set you up for the next few years of your life. You need all of those dollars. So it's really easy to sit there and say, you know, oh, well, we shouldn't have done it because people are getting hurt. I do agree. The playoffs will be so much better with all the elite talent playing. But injuries are a part of the game. And to be really honest about it, stars drive the ratings. But they have 13-man rosters. 13 guys that are dressed. If the guys at the bottom of your roster are not good enough to play, then maybe you should start looking to bringing in veterans to fill out the bottom of your roster rather than rookies. Maybe you need to start looking at spending your money and not having your team so top-heavy so that you can prepare for things like this. The other problem is I'm not in the camp that believes that all these shortened games did this. And the reason being, when people are disrupted from the routine, things do happen. I do agree with that. But players were going to be disrupted with their routines this season regardless. So it comes down to now is saying, okay, well, did they play a lot of games in a shorter amount of time? It's They played 72 games from January until, until you know, the end of May. So, yeah, it's, it, there's probably more games than they're used to playing in there. But it's these are superior athletes. And, like, I remember playing on back-to-back, watching players play on back-to-back-to-back nights or having four games in five days. And there really wasn't much of that. I've seen the league be harder on the players. The other thing is this. Last season, the players were off for four months because of COVID. Then they played for two months, two and a half months. And they were off another two months before the start of the season. So the idea that they didn't get enough rest, I just, I don't buy it. 
were off in that eight months period, they were off six months. So I'm not buying it. The problem it also comes from the messenger. I'm not berating LeBron when I say this. I'm just talking about the optic the optics of how it looks. If the offseason would have been longer, who would have benefited the most? Well, the 36-year-old who played who played in the NBA Finals last season. And his teammates. That's who benefits the most. And LeBron is a fitness freak, but that's who benefits the most. So when you're the messenger saying, oh, we need more time, and then players are getting hurt, which you can't prove that it's because of this, it's, it's an educated guess, but it's still you can't prove it. It could also just be freak circumstances. That happens too. Then you look like a, like you're talking about like, oh, almost like you're making excuses. And I don't think LeBron's making excuses, but I'm just telling you the optics of it. Like, that's how it looks. It looks like the guy who's 36-year-old, who had the shortest offseason, was complaining about having a short offseason. His teammates get hurt. He struggles. He gets eliminated in the first round. And then it's like, oh, well, this is why I was eliminated because my teammates weren't healthy. Well, yeah, they weren't healthy. And you weren't healthy. It was, It's not necessarily last season is what cost you this season. Because the problem is this, especially in LeBron's case. Two years ago, he was hurt for majority of the season. Then he played a full season that had four months off in the middle of it. And then this season, he was hurt for a large chunk of the season. So saying, oh, we're getting hurt because of the game schedule, eh, maybe. I also watched Utah hold Donovan Mitchell on an extra game to get him more healthy. So there's some of that. There's also load management going on. Like, there's a lot of reasons games were missed. I think part of this is, it is, I think LeBron is agitated because as a basketball fan, he wants to see the best players play. I also think that he knows that he feels like, well, if my team were healthy, we would still be in this. I don't don't think it's some nefarious plot, but as I said, it's the optics. So with all that said, I'm going to touch on a couple more things here. Um, Chris Paul finally reaches it back to the Western Conference Finals for the second time in his career. Really playing really well. Looks like he has a legitimate shot of going to the NBA Finals. And and news breaks today that he's going to be, he's in COVID protocols and he's out indefinitely. How insane is that? And I say this because this is what I talked about in the preseason. I talk specifically about coming out of the bubble too fast and what happens when one of your, if one of your star players or some of your main players get COVID during a playoff series. Now, the good thing is, if the Clippers and Utah can go seven games, that, give, that buys Chris Paul about a week. 
so, but yeah, like his team is in danger of at least at the very least going down a big hole before he gets back. And I don't know if the Clippers are going to go seven games from the next piece of information that broke today. And that was that Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard, he hurt his knee. And the rumors are he has a torn ACL. Now, what kind of tear, how degree, what degree it is, like what kind of race they can put on, if he can play at all. Like, I don't know anything about that. But that is, one, is very disappointing. Especially, you know, Kawhi's injury history. Because let's just point out, Kawhi, he he was out 20 games. But... The Clippers, like, is Paul George going to be enough? I don't know. I mean, Utah is not – the ball movement Utah had during the regular season is not so much there in part because Mike Conley's out, which is causing Donovan Mitchell to be more ball dominant. But that doesn't mean that they're just going to – I don't know if they can beat Utah without Kawhi Leonard. I just – I don't know. And follow-up thing on the Chris Paul point, there is also another rumor that has that says that he's not the only one on his team that has COVID. I haven't seen anything else out there that to uh, really feed into that, but it, it is out there. And, I mean, they share a locker room like it is a possibility. That's something else to keep in mind, you know, at Western Conference Finals. Um, last night, Kevin Durant was amazing. First, mad shout out to James Harden. Um, he played, I want to say, 45 minutes coming off, you know, hamstring issues. I mean, don't get me wrong. He didn't play well. He had a couple nice assists, but other than that, he looked pretty bad most of the game. He didn't look like he should really be out there. So Kevin Durant, to a degree, almost won the game in spite of how bad James Harden looked. 49 points, 17 rebounds, 10 assists, and it was organic. Like, he didn't go out trying to get a triple-double. A triple-double just came to him because of how well he played. He played 48 minutes, which doesn't happen all that often. But he was incredible. He played last night as good as anybody has ever played. Now, I'm not saying he's played better. But he played, and especially in the fourth quarter, as good as I've seen anybody play. That includes Kobe. That includes Jordan. That includes LeBron. That includes whoever you want to put out there. He played at the, at the highest of high levels. I, I've tried to think of how to describe what it is that I watched, and I really just can't. He came in playing, being undermanned, with his Robin in his game being drastically hurt. He was just like, he, he. I don't know if Harden should have been out there or not, but he was a warrior. But yeah, it, and he found a way to win. And that's what champions do. They find a way to win. When you feel that your back is against the wall, and their back wasn't against the wall, but when you feel that way, you step up. So mad props to him. We got some more coaches getting removed. So the coaching vacancies right now, we have Orlando, we have the Pacers, we have the 
Trailblazers, we have the Wizards, and then Stan Van Gundy today gets fired by the Pelicans after one season. Um, I like Stan. I get teased because I like Stan. But yeah, Stan deserved to be fired. Even though I'm kind of amazed he did get fired after one year because basketball doesn't really do that. And it's happened twice this offseason with, with the Pacers and now the Pelicans. But you had a young core with all this upside and you play a half-court game. You have Lonzo Ball and you try to make Zion into a point guard. I don't know what Stan thought he was doing. Um, D said that Stan was the wrong guy for the job and D was 100% right. I wasn't sure if he was. I know that it, I thought he was going to use... Zion Morris, you know, mid-range, post, slasher, and I was wrong. But what I find interesting is I'm really hoping that the Spurs' Becky Hammond gets a coaching job. I'm looking at this, and you have, but I think Orlando would be a nice fit for her. I think the Pacers could be a nice fit for her. I'm not sure what the Blazers are doing. And I'm not sure what the Wizards are doing ever since, because I guess Scott Brooks and them couldn't come to an agreement, which is kind of amazing because Scott Brooks didn't really have a successful run as a Wizards head coach. So if they're offering you a deal, you kind of take it. But yeah, I think I'm hoping that this is, this is the summer. This is the one, this is the time we see, you know, someone deserving and Becky Hammond get a coaching job. A head coaching job. What else we got today? Jeremy Lin signed with the Beijing Ducks. And mad props to Jeremy Lin. He is living his dream until he cannot live it anymore. And it doesn't matter where in the world he's playing. He's getting paid to play basketball. And mad props to him for that. So with that, I'm going to call it a show. Hopefully personal life settles down the move gets finished and we get back to, on to more of a regular schedule so until next time i'm mike enjoy the playoffs form your own opinions don't let the media decide them for you and be willing to listen to people whose opinions differ from yours because sometimes you might feel you're right and you might be right but they still might give you something to think about. Get your head in the game.